to talk about identity today, I had a, thought I'd just start with a question. So when I was up here getting ready to pray, and the last verse, I noticed, do you ever notice how when Anthony's hands go like this, that then there's a certain uh, tone and everything comes out of his mouth? So I thought, oh, I wonder what happened if I tried that. What do you think? If I try to move my hands like Anthony, do you think the same thing come out of my mouth as Anthony's? Huh? But we kind of try, don't we? Sometimes we try to do things, say things, uh, appear to do something, hoping that maybe, just maybe the right thing might catch up or come out. Um, I have two names here. Uh, if this is you, would you please stand up? Okay, so uh, what does it say? Sierra. Sierra. You're not Sierra, are you? I am. You are? Hmm. Are you sure? Hmm. Well... Okay, let's try another one. You can sit down. Here's, here's another one. Uh, try this one. Uh. Hmm. Which one of you want to claim this? You will? Who said first? Hmm? Which one of you going to submit? You can have it. You can have it? Okay. Okay, you can see it. Thank you. And this is your name? Yes. You sure? Yes. Really? Yes. Okay. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll test that a little later. More to come. There are strings attached. <laughs> Just keep that in mind. Okay, we'll put them right up there. The sufficiency of Christ. You know, last night when Russell handed these out, I'm going to ask you, uh, you know, if you have these, you, we're not going to spend any time with them, but I'm going to ask you a question. I want you to tell me, uh, men's side, okay? Tell me what is wrong with uh, this statement. It seems too bold to say that I could really be all of these things in Christ. What is wrong with my statement? Spouting the power of God. Do you agree with him? You sure were silent. <laughs> Thank you. Just kicks the props out from underneath of who God is, who Christ is. That son that God gave kicks the props right out from underneath it. When we say, well, that's just a little too bold. Why would someone say that? What else? What's another reason someone may say that? that that's a good one. Daniel? It's Daniel, right? That was a good answer. Is there any other answer someone might say that? Any? 
Why else might somebody say that? Lack of faith. Say again? Lack of faith. Lack of faith, yes. And another one? Insecurity. Insecurity. Is that the, from the staff? <laughs> okay, you're done. <laughs> so if someone, here, here's a question up here. Can I see your ID? Yeah or nay? Can we see your ID? Yes. Yes. Some are saying yes, some are saying no. <laughs> but when someone says, oh, you know, it's just a little too bold for me to say that I am what I am through the great I am, that's just a little too bold. I've already seen your identity. Or lack of identity. Russell said last night, <clears throat> Something like this. Ross, you'd be allowed to speak if this was not correct, but some, like we're going to find out who we are or who we are not. That, what, that wasn't quite it. Uh, I want to get that because I thought it was really significant. You said, um, um, we are going to... I must not have wrote it down. Oh, here it was. He says... We're either going to find yourself or lose yourself. And so when we study identity in Christ, we do one of the, we actually do two things. We find ourselves, we find ourselves in Christ and we lose our fleshly earthly what? Yes. So we're going to do both. We get to do both. We we find out who we are, uh, we find ourselves, and we lose ourselves. So you get all, uh, as Anthony would say, uh, for no price, you get it all for the same price. Very good. So Jesus Christ is enough, sufficiency of Christ, and we have a whole series on this, I need Christ for my identity. Uh, talk to me about this picture. What do you think you're seeing here? What do you think you're almost to see? What is it? Say again? What's it, what, what is this picture? Right. Do you have any concerns in your mind about Christ's sufficiency to be alive today? Anybody concerned with that? Do you think his hands are sweaty? Like, oh my, I came out of the tomb. I'm alive now. What am I going to do with this? <laughs> So why would we have concerns of taking the bungee jump of faith to believe God and God's word of who he says he is and who I can be in his sufficiency? We shouldn't have uh, any more concerns than we did, did not have for him. So Jesus Christ is enough. It means he is adequate. It is supply for my identity and yes we can see uh, our identity we can talk more about that later perhaps so I don't know I don't think it would even be fair to ask um, is this something that you've struggled with I would say that uh, I will be very open before you that I have struggled with this greatly when I was a young man and I'd like to tell you that I never have struggled with it again. 
but I still claim Christ over and over again, even right here in the pulpit of God. I'm claiming him right now for my identity. Uh, and I was eight years old. My father was killed. I was with my father when he got killed. And I remember screaming alongside of the road as loud as I could scream for my dad. I hollered a couple times and he never answered. He never answered since. The strongest man in my life, he never answered. Well, I grew up in a, with uh, three older siblings and we milked cows, we farmed, uh, we worked hard. And I soon found out the way to make life work was to perform. And so there was a lot of work to do on the farm. Uh, and my mother had a way of affirming us boys. And she'd say, oh, you did so good. You got done early. Oh, you made the, the cow lot look so clean. Or the, you know, the weeds are all down. I mean, she just had a way of just affirming, affirming, affirming. And so little did I know, uh, that just drove me to my identity was through my performance. It didn't stop there. Uh, it went right on in to um, everything I wanted to do. Um, I wanted to perform. It just also so happened that uh, I had really poor eyes and uh, my glasses in those days uh, probably looked about like that. And I noticed that children in school, they would say things like, like all of a sudden you're like, oh, hey, have you ever, have you ever thought about this, that your glasses look like Coke bottles? Well, you know, we say things like that, and, but they hurt. Uh, pretty soon we began to, um, I, was a, I became a naughty boy. Um, I was going to do something to have identity. And we all do. And we do uh, see ID. And of course, um, it went from there to uh, e even in the ball teams, like when they pick up uh, uh, baseball teams and so forth at school. Uh, and even in young folks, you know, they kind of pick their teams like, oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, we see you out there. But, you know, kind of like, um, you know, I knew I'd be the last pick. And so, you know, you've got to find something that you can do and really do it. Uh, that's, that's what performance identity is. And that's the way I grew up. It went into to speed. It went into uh, this ridiculous uh, other pursuits in life that... Uh, Ultimately, I come up short, and I didn't have any uh, fulfillment in those things. The things that I wanted and thought was important to me, um, uh, when they would perform, there was just nothing there to be blessed by. And so, I give my life to Christ and uh, begin to serve Christ. And I wish that I could tell you that I've never struggled with that since, but I have found a, an identity that I can claim in Christ that no longer requires performance. In fact, now if we try to get our identity from Christ, the more I perform, the harder you perform to try to be accepted or to try to get things looking right you just run out of gas that much quicker. And so I have a lesson here today. The goal of this lesson is to 
claim my identity. Uh, for you staff, if there is probably some handouts back there if you care for them. The goal of this lesson is to claim my identity. And I put, um, I did have in there to find. Uh, what's the difference in finding and claiming? First row. Hello? Even if you found it? It's okay, I'm going to find my identity. Is there any difference in saying I'm, I claim my identity? Ownership. Ownership, yes. So how many of you slept in a bed last night over in the boys' side? How many slept? Raise your hand. Okay, so I'm guessing that you went into your dorm, thank you, you put your hands, and you found your bed, right? Yes. And then what did you do? Claimed it. Claimed that thing. And someone else is in it tonight? Ooh. It's my bed. I claim that thing. I'm going to lay and I'm going to rest in it. Hallelujah. That's what we do in Christ. We find our identity in Him and we rest when we claim the identity in Him. We can rest. So, the goal of this lesson is to claim my identity in the sufficiency of Christ as I abide in him, the vine. What I'd like to do is open your Bibles to St. John chapter 15. And we're going to read the first five verses of St. John chapter 15, 1 through 5. The sisters are going to read verse 1, brothers verse 2, sisters verse 3, brothers verse 4, and everybody read verse 5 together. St. John chapter 15, verse 1. Begin. Read it again, all together, everyone. I am the vine. No, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, verse 5. Verse 5, all together. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye Thank you. So this abide, uh, as I abide. Now Jesus is talking about what are people called? What are we called as disciples in this setting? Branches. The branch. So here we are, okay? And Christ is the what? Vine. The vine. So now you got the branch, you got the vine, and they come to a connection. I'm connected with Christ. It's an intimate, living, organic, if you please, connection. The vine and the branches. All right? And so he's saying, if we abide in him, the true vine, the goal of this lesson is to learn that we have a sufficient identity in him. And to abide means I remain as one. 
and not, not the branch over here and the, and the vine over here. I remain as one, not to depart, not to become another, but continue to be intimate and to be organic. Now, I'm going to give you this. So here we go. What do you call this? Branch. A branch. Okay. You all agree? Yeah. So do you have any concerns for the branch? Yeah. What's the concern? Dead. Dead? Oh, not attached to the vine. So basically... Um, there is no life. No life. Finished. All right. So, if uh, this is kind of like a person trying to establish their own um, identity uh, outside of Jesus Christ, and say, "Well, this thing is kind of uh, kind of fruitless here. So maybe we could uh, go to Bible school and and go through some disciplines there and kind of kind of hang a few things on it. You know, maybe we could." Uh, uh, do some extra memory verses for Josh. Maybe he would take two chapters instead of one. I'd get some brownie points for him. You know, and you keep you keep loading this thing down. Now is it going to be better or no? No. 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 We just keep adding to the burden, adding to the burden, and this thing's going to continue to deteriorate. And the more we add to it, the more we add to it, the sicker it becomes, and uh, everybody else around. Uh, maybe becoming sick too. Uh, but they love us in Christ and will try to help us out. So we kind of got that picture that uh, we try to do something outside of Christ. It, it's really a mess. L literally a mess. So I am the vine. You are the branches. Now, what I want to say is that our lesson is over this series of meetings is going to have to do with connecting the branch to the vine. And so, in order for me to have life, we, in order for me to have the identity of Christ, I must connect in the vine. Now, here we go. Now there's hope. When me, a Bible school student, from me, a young brother, from me, a young, si a young sister, not me, but one like you, <laughs> Connected in the vine, life. That's where we want to focus on this week. The lesson is important to me. Why is this lesson important? A lesson is important to me when I consider who I am. And what defines me? What gives me value? Am I love for who I am? Am I as good or bad as I think I am? So let's just see how we do. Who am I? Let's take uh, second row right here. Who am I? Follower of Jesus Christ. Follower of Jesus Christ. Okay. All right. Um, what defines me? No, no, let's take this row. What defines me? 
Say again. Worth. Worth. Is that what you say? Worth? Yeah. Hmm. Tell me more. Your worth and who you are defines you. Worth and who I am defines me. Where do I get the worth? Okay, that's good. So what gives me value? Uh, this row, you've been kind of quiet. His blood. His blood, oh, good. So am I love for who I am? Back row, the sisters. Hmm. Am I love for who I am? Hmm. Anybody want to take a stab at that? by God for who we are. And if we don't rest in that, thank you, if we don't rest in that, then we'll be, what, would, what may we try to do if we're not resting and being loved by God for who I am? What might we try to do? Anybody? Performance. Perform! It's pretty simple, but it's worth taking some time with because we see these sinful mechanisms that we develop trying to establish oh, my value, what defines me, um, yeah, my love for who I am, maybe I should do a little more. What are they going to think of me if I go to Bible school, if I don't go to Bible I mean, you know, just, oh, surely nobody had those thoughts. Um, here's one. Am I as bad or good as I think? Hmm. So this lesson is important to me when I consider, am I as bad or am I as good as I think I am? Boy, that's not Anybody want to take a stab at that one? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're wise, students, because the answer to that is, it depends. <laughs> oh, what does it depend on? Well, there could be various opinions, but I think it depends on whether you're depending on your, your, uh, your uh, position or your condition. You know the difference? You might think it sounds dangerous, but I think it's good to understand the difference. I don't know whether to get there or not, but the position in Christ is one thing, but my condition oftentimes is a little bit like the up and down. Otherwise, the Bible would never say things like, if any man sin, we have a what? Advocate. Advocate with the Father. Means our condition is kind of up and down. That's not a license for loose living because we're in the vine. And it's intimate. And it's organic. But it's real condition and position. Identity is a value we ascribe to ourselves based on what or who we choose to believe. What may be some things that we choose to believe about ourselves? Second row right here. What could be some things we choose to believe about ourselves? Oh, not good enough. Yeah. Okay. 
What about that? So our value, we ascribe value to ourselves based on what? Oh, let's talk about this, this one. Who? Who could that, what, what would that be? Who, who would be a who? All of us. <laughs> all of us? Yeah. Okay. Or would there be someone else besides all of us? Mm -hmm. Waiting for one more name. God. Oh, yeah. Right. And one more. The devil. And the devil. Now we have quite a mix going on now, don't we? <clears throat> so you've got the devil. What was he telling us? What's he telling us? You're the, you are the best. The best or the worst? You don't measure up. Don't measure up or you're really good. And so we call those lies. Lies. And we have God speaking into our life and we call his word truth. truth. And others, well, we have to kind of <laughs> somewhere in between, right? Maybe sometimes both. But it's just, it's just real. We have to be able to process this continually. Uh, what we're hearing, the value we ascribe ourselves based on what or who we choose to believe when we look in the mirror. Um, I'm going to keep going. I'll talk about have several things there you'll see on your handout that we want to go through. And it's the, the why of identity, and then we'll go to the ifs of identity and the facts of identity. So let's talk about this a little bit here. The why of identity. Why is my identity so important? I'm going to go down through this list. I'm going to have you read some passages. And if, if I can hear you well, we won't pass the mic around. And uh, so I'm going to say, I want someone on the first row right here you brothers, I want a brother to read with the voice of a trumpet. Luke 22, 24 through 27. Now what we're listening for, I want you to be listening for something. Listen for this one. Competition. See if you can hear or feel or sense competition. This is why it's important that we understand identity. Luke 24, Luke chapter 22, verses 24 through 27. Please read. And there was also a strife among them, which of them should be accounted the greatest. And he said unto them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and they that exercise authority upon them are called benefactors. But ye shall not be so. But he that is greatest among you, let him be as the younger, and he that is chief, as he that doth serve. For whether is greater he that sitteth at me, or he that serveth, it is not he that sitteth at me, but I am among you as he that serveth. Okay, thank you. 
So what was the obvious question there in the passage that, that we just read? What was the obvious question? Who is the greatest? And we call that competition. And so it's evident that there was a lack of a secure identity. Or they wouldn't have been arguing and uh, competing with each other. Um, how did Jesus say that greatness was determined in this passage? By serving. By serving. What does wanting to be great say about me? Prideful. Yeah. My identity is in performance. Yeah. Anything over here? I don't feel great. Right? There's just a lot of things you could plug in there. Good, good job. But all of it, I think, somehow comes back to this, am I really secure? I mean, just think about it. I'm not going to say every situation is, just for the context here today. So the why of identity is, uh, well, because without a secure identity, we find competition. Let's go to another one. Let's talk about comparing. <laughs> So in the last row of the sisters, one of you please read with a voice that is queenly, sisterly, and uh, clear. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. Thank you. Could you hear that over there? Okay, we have to get the microphone. Good job, though. Where'd the microphone go? Okay. All right. So I think I think the agreement is is we'll keep this on the sister side, <laughs> and the the men can be trumpets and the ladies can uh, be queenly and clear. Yes. Let's read that again, would you please? Wherefore, let him that think, who's thinking on? <laughs> Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth, take heed lest he fall. Okay, thank you. So, oh, no, 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 no. I, first, second Corinthians 10, 12. I may be off on my reference. Second Corinthians 10, 12. What does second Corinthians 10, 12 say? For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. For they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. That's better. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so again, why would someone compare? Well, what, what's the idea of comparing? Pride. Pride. Yeah, trying to, you know, find, find out where you're at. You know, where do I fit here? You know, my 40%, 56%, where I'm at. Okay, thank you. Men-pleasing. Um, Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. Second row of the brothers. Middle row. Verse 
For we do, no, for do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men, or for if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So there again, men pleasing. What, what, what is the motive for pleasing men? Uh, like overcommitment. You ever overcommit? Uh, overcommitments, uh, maybe even why you compliment someone or don't compliment someone. I just, I'm just trying to dig down in and see some of maybe my own failures. Um, doing something for someone else just out of obligation. You know, inside you're just irked for doing it, but in, outside you kind of look like you like to do it. We call that men-pleasing. And I think it's, a, it, it's why we need to examine our identity um, and find out where our identity can be sufficient in. Inferiority. Uh, let's go to the uh, uh, middle row of the sisters. Mark 10, 35 through 45. With that microphone, give us 10 verses, please. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, come unto him, saying, Master, we would that thou shouldest do for us whatsoever we shall desire. And he said unto them, What would ye that I should do for you? They said unto him, Grant unto us that we may sit, one on thy right hand on the and the other on thy left hand, in thy glory. But Jesus said unto them, Ye know not what ye ask. Can ye drink of the cup that I drink of, and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And they said unto him, We can. And Jesus said unto them, You shall indeed drink of the cup that I drink of, and with the baptism that I am baptized, with all shall ye be baptized. But to sit on my right hand and on my left hand is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared. And when the ten heard it, they began to be much displeased with James and John. But Jesus called them to him and said unto them, Ye know that they which are accounted to rule over the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and their great ones exercise authority upon them. But so shall it not be among you, but whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister, and whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, and to give his life a ransom for many. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So here we have inferiority, and we have resentment both in, uh, in all of that. Uh, Anthony, I've got a question. I think my timepiece is, is slipping. How many more minutes is left? 25. Yeah, this thing, it, it says 10. I was getting a little nervous. Okay. Thank you. So what I want us to do now on, on the why of identity, we've kind of gone through this thing, competition, comparing, men pleasing, inferiority, and I just stopped right there. But what I want us to do is I want us all, each student, to turn to 1 Peter 1. And we're going to read in unison two verses out of 1 Peter. We're going to read 1 Peter 1, verse 18, and verse 19. 1 Peter 1, verse 18, 
and verse 19. Brothers, start it. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Thank you. So from the passage that you just read, keep it right in front of you. Point out what does not define my value in the sight of God's sister side. Good. But those are things sometimes that we kind of think is very important, right? But they do not define my value. Brothers, point out from the passage the things that does define my value in the sight of God. Ah, pretty simple, isn't it? But why we just miss it? We seem like we spend so much time letting ourselves be defined by things that really do not define us in the sight of God, but they do in the sight of... Amen. Amen. So how does Christ's sufficiency potentially impact my value? Uh, you know, it, it's like this. Uh, Christ potentially, uh, how does it impact my value? Well, sometimes I just don't believe. I need, I need three brothers real quickly to come forward. Three brothers, get up here as quick as you can. And we're going to determine this, what this depends on. Um, so here we go. We've got, uh, going to have three fellows here. This is going to be fact. All right. You turn around here. Whoops, whoops. Strings attached. This is fact. All right. He's going to be out here about right this point. Okay. Now we're going to put down here. Uh, here comes Mr. Faith. All right. Now here comes Faith. This is Faith. All right. And um, fact is a fact. It's what God's Word says. It's what defines us. It's the blood of Christ. It's the Word of God. It's the truth. It's everything you've told me today by the Word of God. That's a fact, right? Yes. Okay, so you choose to believe it, okay? All right, and you turn this away. And fact, okay, pretty soon I'm going to have you move. So we got fact. We've been talking about facts. Faith is going to believe it. He's going to follow. Now we got a problem. We got a shaky guy come along here, and he's called feeling. You're really not shaky. You're my brother. Okay, so we're going to put them on just a little journey here, and let's just pretend they're walking the tightrope, okay? Let's just pretend there's a tightrope up here. They'd be brave. They'd do it. These three would try it. I'll guarantee you that. <laughs> and they'd probably do it, but that doesn't, that doesn't make your value any better. Okay, so... So here goes fact. He's heading out. Okay, you make a little. You're doing fine, and faith is coming along just fine. Stop. But all of a sudden, you know, a feeling. He's kind of coming along on the tightrope, and faith decides he's going to see how feeling is doing, and so he checks on feeling, and now he falls. <laughs> okay, that's what happens when we take our. When faith takes its eyes off of fact and starts going on, but I don't feel valuable, faith tumbles. 
But as long as faith is locked on fact, it doesn't matter. Feeling will take care of himself, okay? Go on, man. Go back to your seats. They'll take care of themselves. The fact is the fact. It's the word of God. It's the square deal. Faith locks on fact. Always. But faith when turns and considers the feelings. It's a tumble. But blessed be God. The brothers told you this morning. There's always hope. There's a way to. There's always the refastening, the repositioning, the repenting that comes back to Christ to, to make the walk successful. The ifs of identity. Now what do you see here in this picture? Uh, who, who can tell me uh, the picture on, the, on your left? What is going on there? I want someone to tell me that. Stand up and tell me that in a nutshell quickly. What's going on there? Okay, and, and what was some of the wording there that Satan used? Satan said, if you are the son of God. Yeah. yeah. If, if you be the son of God. Um, it seemed like there was another if in there. It, well, I just, yeah, if, if you be the son of God, you make the stones bread. If you be the son of God, you cast yourself down. If you bow to me. And if you bow to me, yeah, good, you had him. So the ifs. So the if, is, the if is coming at Christ, okay? And, and the other side of the story, who wants, oh, sisters, what's the other side of the story being, what, what are we getting here out of the picture? If thou be the son of God, come down. Yes, if, notice, if. Now, now who, who is this? Jesus. And who is this? Jesus. Okay, question. If you are a spiritually full of the Holy Ghost person, you will not be tempted with your identity. True or false? False. Yeah. Keep that in mind because so many times we start identifying, oh, I've got these temptations. I just must be this horrible person. And the first thing you know, I'm not even, no, oh, wait a minute. This is who you are. You're in the vine. And the true vine was tempted. If, 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 you're going to hear a lot of ifs. Oh. Jesus said, Lo, you know, I, I, I come to do the will of the Father. And, and uh, he, he, did it, he did it all right. He did it completely right. Now let's move on to the f facts of my identity. This may be some of the most important, I don't know. So here is Jesus, and he was baptized. And all of a sudden, this voice came out of heaven, and the facts of Christ's identity was based on God's word. The fact came out of heaven. Lo, Matthew 3.17 says, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. That's a fact an unchangeable fact. Here in the other picture is the Mount of Transfiguration. Matthew 17 and 5, And while he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice 
out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Now that's a fact. The facts were spoken. And we believe them because they are God's word. How does Christ's sufficiency potentially impact my identity? And that's what we've been looking at. Why was Christ was crucified in my word? Christ was crucified to take away my sins. Galatians 2.20 says that, uh, we heard it last night, that, uh, hmm, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Uh, so, why was Christ sacrificed? Why? For my And also he was obedient to the Father. We don't want to miss that one. Uh, so he was sacrificed for my sins, so I'm not condemned for my sins if I believe in him. Uh, my focus on him, I soon go from my fleshly power to uh, his resurrection power. And I have the power to live in victory, power to live a new life. Let's talk about the how of my identity. I would like for you to, uh, we're going to use the sisters only this time, all of you sisters. I want you to read in unison John chapter 13, verses 1, 2, and 3. John chapter 13, verses 1, 2, and 3. We're going to see, and uh, thinking about the how of my identity, how was Jesus, brothers, I'm going to be asking you the question, okay? They're going to do the reading, they're going to do the hard part, and then you get to do the, uh, uh, the application. How was Christ secure in his identity? One, two, three, go. Thank you. What can we learn in this passage about Christ's identity? What did you pick up there? It was related to God, directly related to God. Rel related to God? Okay. Went to God. Oh. Oh, yeah. Can't hear very well. Can't hear? Oh. Oh. Trumpets. <laughs> Staff can't hear you. Say it again. You've got three things on the floor here, and they're all worth repeating so the staff can hear it. Go ahead. Uh, it's based off of a relationship with God. 
His relationship with God. Secure. Yes, thank you. He came yeah. from God. He came from God. And he went to God. And he went to God. Can you get anything better than that? He says, I know where I came from. I was uh, that one that we heard about this morning, the, uh, the child that was born and the son that was given, both the, the humanity and the divinity. He knew where he came from, physically and spiritually and divinely. He knew where he came from and he knew where he was going. Now that sounds pretty secure, doesn't it? And it wasn't very long, and that very night, he got in this little scrape with Peter, and if Peter was telling the story, Peter would say, you know, I, I, you know how outspoken I am, Peter would say, and I, Christ was coming down the line to wash my feet, and I'd let him have it. I told him a thing or two, you're not touching my feet. And now Peter would say, now I understand. That didn't threaten my Lord at all. Me misunderstanding his outreach to me, me misunderstanding his service and love to me does not intimidate me at all. I know who I am. I know where I'm going. I know my mission. I told Harrison the other day, when your call is clear, there'll be energy sufficient to, to, to finish the call, to complete the call. That's the call of God. His call was clear. His identity was secure. It wasn't taking him off track. By some man's feelings about a little feet wash scuffle. And uh, that's another story of its own. So, um, he came from God, returned to God, he obeyed God. Um, he was going to lead others to God. He just... He had so much to do. Okay, so I, I want to do this here. Um, you two sisters, would you please come forward? Quickly. Clock is ticking. Uh, either one. I'll take either one. You, you come this time. You come this time. Okay, so come right on up here. You want to just put that around, over your neck, please? And you put that over here. Yeah? Okay. Okay, turn around. And so, um, who is this? Okay, and who is this? Sierra. Okay, let's do a little name changer on him here. Let's just do the name changer. Okay, here we go. Okay, I'll let you do it. Okay, you ready? Who is this? Megan. Who is this? Sierra. No. Let's try to convince her she's Megan. Should we try it? Huh? Some are saying yes, some are saying no. Go ahead and try it. See how it works. Huh? Do anybody want to try it? Do <laughs> you want to try to convince uh, Megan that she's Sierra? Anybody oh, want come to? Come on, you've always wanted to be Sierra. Ah! <laughs> yeah. So how did that make you feel when they try to change your name? I'm so Megan. Ah. <laughs> And how did it make you feel? I'm still here. I can never be Megan. <laughs> so see, that is, is simple, but they're secure in their identity. They know that they know that they know, and they know you don't know. 
Okay, you can sit down. And that's just the, that's how simple my identity in Christ is. If I'm willing to claim that uh, for Him. Ephesians 1.4, according as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise, to the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. How does Christ's sufficiency potentially impact my acceptance? Wow. God has chosen us. Why did He choose us? For His grace, for, for His praise, for His honor, for His glory. It's not about me. So this whole lesson on identity is when it shifts about me. And I wish I had more time here. But when, when, God, when God looks down um, at, a, at a believer, blood-bought believer, this is a mirror. <laughs> if God's looking down at you, what does God see? Himself. He sees himself. So just picture, if you're struggling, wear this mirror sometime. And say, God, you're seeing me. Because I'm blood, I'm blood bought, a spirit filled, uh, I'm, I'm in the vine. Am I? Okay. That'll work. So the goal of this lesson was to claim my identity and the sufficiency of Christ as I abide in Him, the vine. And I do need Christ for my identity. And I want to tell you something. It's a burden of my heart every single day. If I miss this, I missed everything. The whole reason this message is not just so you can be secure in your identity. The whole message of Jesus is in the end of the Gospels. It's when the Gospel goes out the door to the nations. It's when the Gospel goes out the door to your community. It's when the Gospel goes out the door to your state, to your villages, to your surroundings. This is also the Gospel command can reach the world for Christ. Otherwise, the vision is high, but the mission's not big enough. This is why it makes sense to be secure in your identity. So that when I share Christ with others, it's the real deal. Not just the, well, I, you know, I kind of, uh, you know, uh, I've heard about, yeah, I've kind of been to this Bible school and I, I got a few things here. No, it's the real deal. It's the real deal. My identity can be in Jesus Christ. <clears throat> a Hindu lady said to me one time she had uh, a dot on her head and I would give her a track in the store and she said I am Christian and I said well how come you're, uh, you have the Hindu mark and she said oh I do both I am Christian and I am Hindu what would you say about that <clears throat> 